Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? It's your time. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave, as announcer guy just told you. Announcer guy is John Meter Perot, by the way. You can find him on ESPN these days. Local boy made good. I have uh, a great show for you. If you like this show, please share it with a friend. Send it along. Send it to an enemy. It's a practical joke. You have to listen to the Boston Podcast. Or subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your show. We appreciate it very much. And I've got a couple of buddies on the line. They're both in Miami. One of them, a Boston transplant. The other one, a native of Miami. We're going to have some sort of Miami-Boston fun today. We're going to play a couple games. And please welcome to the show, divorce lawyer Sam Troy and real estate professional Adam Ross. They are here in the virtual studio. Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Thanks for having us, Dave. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Sam. That's some fake enthusiasm because this is my first podcast of the day. It's still just 9 a.m. I'm only on my second coffee. But it is Hanukkah. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays to you, man. Adam, did you light the candles last night? We did. We did. First night, my little kids were not going to allow us not to have presents on the first night of Hanukkah. They've been talking about it for weeks. Do you, in your family, Adam, do you do like a gift every night or not necessarily we do we're, we plan on doing a gift every night except my two-year-old decided he was going to rip open every single present oh no <laughs> he's going the uh, christmas route how about in your home sam yeah we do one maybe two small gifts my older one's a little disappointed that we didn't get him some like huge ps5 or something like that so we have to make up for it night two somehow my it, when growing up, it was the greatest, and I re, my parents really had brainwashed me into thinking that we had it better because we had eight nights and Christmas they only get one. And on the last night, my dad would make a scavenger hunt, and we had to go around the home looking for the gifts. There's probably still like a Teddy Ruxpin somewhere in that old house that he forgot <laughs> about because he, he hid it. So Adam and Sam, we have been talking recently about something very interesting to me, and that is that you have designs, you have plans, you are scheming towards a podcast that, in fact, we may work on together. We, I certainly hope we do. And Adam, it centers around the, the memory of your dad, who was a legendary, correct me if I'm wrong, but legendary criminal defense lawyer. 
in Miami. Having worked at Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly before, I am a sucker for all the stories about sort of where the, the bodies are buried, things that happens in courts and moments like that. Have I described the legacy of your, your dad pretty well? Tell us about him. And it's Alan, right? Alan Ross was your dad? Yeah. Yeah. My dad's name was Alan Ross. Yeah. You, you, it was a very, it was a good uh, synopsis, but my dad was a criminal defense attorney here in Miami for the more than 40 years. He was born and raised down here and somehow kind of on accident found his way to law school turned into a criminal defense attorney and was one of the preeminent guys down here in Miami during the 80s and 90s, which was absolutely crazy time in Miami. Think Miami Vice and and the Colombian drug cartels. Crockett and Tubbs. Oh, wait, here it is. The theme, That's it. the theme to Miami Vice was actually a hit song. That's it's something we have to describe to the younger generation. You could have this weird instrumental techno thing, and it was a big hit. Do you remember who composed the the Miami Vice theme? No, I have no idea. Sam, no, no idea. Jan Hammer. It's like a sweet uh-huh. Swedish guy or something. I think it was his only hit. No surprise. Anyway. I don't know how it went in Massachusetts back in those days, but in Miami, if you were uh, a 12-year-old kid or something like that during the Miami Vice times, you had a white sport coat <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a neon something V-neck. Yes. And don't ever shave your beard all the way down. Yeah. The clothing was the same up in Boston. I wore the white jacket and the pastels <laughs> and all that. That that was real. Yeah. That was throughout the country. It just I, lo- it looked sillier on us walking around 30-degree suburban Boston streets, <laughs> but... but there was a company at the time that marketed a razor called the Miami Device, and it was meant to leave stubble on you. Anyway, so so Sam, you introduced me to Adam first, and as a as a lawyer, how how did you become interested in this story? I know lawyers really love a good story. For all the knocks we get, lawyers sometimes have the greatest stories, and just about this that happened at that courthouse or not. And were you aware of that as as you pursued your legal career in Florida? Yeah, I mean, I'm always interested in the stories of the older lawyers, especially in the 80s and 90s in in Miami. It's incredible. I mean, I have I have cases with and mediators who are former judges and former lawyers, retired lawyers who love to tell these stories. And I've always been interested in capturing that. And Adam and I went to Colorado back in March, right at the beginning of the, the end for 2020. Yeah. So he actually met up with friends of his who were his dad's partner. And they sat there for two hours telling all these incredible stories about their dads. And it was hilarious. And even stories about themselves Mm -hmm. and how they interacted with some of these characters that would come through the house and whatever else. And then it, you know, continued. We'd come home and I'd say, Adam, tell me more stories. And he always had great stories. I said, there's got to be a way to memorialize it. Right. There has to be a way because these stories, his dad passed away a couple of years ago, and these stories can't leave with him. So we talked about it, and this was one of those mediums that seemed like a good way to capture that. And I think, and Adam can tell you, that there's a lot of people who are interested in telling their stories as well. And it's, you know, you, you got to get these stories before people are before people are gone. Get them yeah. recorded, get them in place, and 
it's, it's an incredible time, especially down in South Florida that era. Yes. It's been exciting to kind of think and talk this through because you know, when you're a kid growing up with a, a dad and that likes to talk about his work, you sort of get, you're jaded, you're a little numb to these ridiculous scenarios that happen every single day in the life of a criminal defense lawyer. And then you get a little older and you start realizing that that's actually wild. Wait, dad, I'd come home from school and my dad wasn't there. And my mom would say he had to go on a business trip. Well, where is he? He's in Bogota meeting with the head of the Cali, the, the, one of the cartels. Right. And that kind of seemed normal at the time. I never even blinked at things like that. And then as I got older, I became an adult. And my friends wanted to talk to my dad more than they wanted to talk to me because his <laughs> stories were so awesome. I started realizing that most dads and most kids don't have that same experience. And as Sam mentioned, my dad got sick a couple of years ago, unfortunately, and died way too young. He was 68. And, and a lot of his friends uh, and associates, people that he had tried cases with, even old clients had approached me both at my dad's funeral and subsequently telling stories and kind of reliving things that they experienced with my dad. And the, the truth is they're fascinating stories. And to your point, David, their lawyers do like, they like to hear, they, they like the stories. They like hearing about all of this craziness. They also like telling their own stories. And, and so this idea of putting it, recording it and keeping it just selfishly from myself, my family, my children, their children, my, my dad's stories turned into something bigger, which is the, these peripheral characters, attorneys and clients that all want to get on and tell their stories as well. Memorialize that. Yeah. It's one of the great cruelties of life is by the time you're old enough to get curious about a lot of this stuff, a lot of your elders have passed along. I mean, my, I have grandparents who fled Poland just before the Holocaust and except when you're 10 years old, at least for me, you don't want to talk to old people that much. And so, and sometimes you're not even interested in what your parents do. You know, I, I tell my, I've told my kids, I was a newspaper publisher. Or I now I produce these shows and they're yeah, yeah. Okay. And maybe later when I'm old and gray, they'll be interested. But so what types of folks will you have on this podcast, Adam, is, is it colleagues, observers, people who are kind of similar disciplines to your dad or whom? Yeah, I think there's a variety of people all sort of involved in criminal law in South Florida, really nationally. My dad, while he was a native Miamian, one of the very few of his generation and practiced here in South Florida his whole life, his practice was really a national practice. He tried cases all over the country. And there's lawyers that he's interacted with on either multiple occasions or in a single case who want to come and they want to talk about their experience with my dad, but also want to kind of relive the, their glory days mm -hmm. and, and talk about all of the crazy things that happened in a particular case. It, it's, it, in addition to that, not just lawyers kind of babbling on, Mm -hmm. There's private investigators that my dad worked with for years and years that have great stories. Clients, there's a few clients in particular who I know would be interested in coming on, guys that 
spent a lot of time in prison, to be honest with you. They, they didn't have trials. They worked out deals in the 80s and 90s and spent a lot of time in that have reformed and their lives are in a, going in a mm-hmm. great direction, are willing to come on and kind of tell their story. And what uh, Yeah, I like. suppose. I mean, they want to do it because it's a great story, but also I, I assume they owe a lot to your dad. I mean, even if they did... Yeah. Go to prison. I'm sure he had a hand in getting them back on the straight and narrow. Yeah, there's no doubt. You, I know your dad fell victim to pancreatic cancer, and I noticed you support a lot of cancer-related research, funding, charities, etc. Yeah. Tell me about that, and if you'd like, give a shout out to an organization or two that that you support in your dad's name. Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, non-cancer related, we thought, my family and I thought it was really important to support the University of Miami Law School. My dad went to school there. He went there for undergrad and law school back when it was Sunshine U. Now it's like a real establishment. But I was very proud of his affiliation with the University of Miami. He taught classes at the law school throughout his career. And we memorialized a scholarship, an endowed scholarship in his name there that will live long past all of us, which is great and a nice way to, to honor him. But, you know, my family and I have gotten into other, other charities and foundations that support cancer research. I, I sit on the board of American Cancer Society here in our South Florida chapter, which is Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and Palm Beach. We host a golf tournament every November. Unfortunately, COVID took it away from us this year, Mm. but we host a golf tournament every year in my dad's name that raises a a tremendous amount of money. We've done a lot of good stuff and hope to continue to. We have an alum of the University of Miami Law School on the line here. Sam, first of all, you're my boy up in Boston. You end up down in Miami going to Miami (laughs) Law School. I want to know why. And when you attend one of the graduate schools of uh, Hurricane University, do you become one of those insufferable fans of the Canes? No, I mean, I ended up down in Miami because my choice was, uh, yeah, I applied to law schools in, in all in New England, and I got into a couple of those, and then I got into the University of Miami. So why not spend three years down in Florida, thinking yeah. I'd end up back in Boston at any time. I'll take three years and, and hang out down here. And then I and it- married my wife, and she, uh, Boston was out of the question. We liked the warm weather, so we stayed. I have not converted my fandom, but oh, okay. I, went to, I went to the University of Wisconsin, so I'm a you know, diehard Badger You're fan, bad. yep. but still Patriots. Last night was miserable, and the Red Sox, Pats, all that. I can see my oldest. All my kids are Patriot, Red Sox, Bruins, mm. Celtics. Like you can start to see that tilt now that the Patriots are no good. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look like they're going to be good. So my fear is the Dolphins are going to creep their way up, and then we're going to be. And then there's going to be conflict in the house. I was going to thank you guys for for last night. I, I'm being sarcastic. My <laughs> I'm in my fantasy football playoffs, and the guy I'm playing against has the Rams defense. That oh. worked out well. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, as the day we record this, the Patriots, uh, the final nail in the. Patriots uh, coffin that is the season of 2020 went down and oh man we looked horrible and yes this is a this is probably the first moment in time you can really officially say it that Miami has the upper hand of I mean growing up though Adam I take it you were probably a fan of those great you might have been a little young for that but some of the those Dan Marino teams 
I wasn't too young for it. Oh, Dan was my idol. And, and yeah, I grew up a huge Dolphins fan. I, I think I mentioned to you, Dave, my mom is from Massachusetts. She's from Norwood. So mm-hmm. that whole side of my family are diehard Patriot fans. And that's my cousins, everyone still live in Massachusetts, still diehard Patriot fans. And I used to get, I'm the youngest of the group. I used to get my brains beat in you know, every time <laughs> those two teams played. Uh, they used to come down here for games. I used to come up to Fox, you know, to Foxborough for games. And yeah, we've had some fun over the years. And it's certainly over the last two decades, I haven't had a lot to talk about, but maybe this year. Yeah. I mean, the two big disappointments for Dan Marino was, despite his Hall of Fame career, he never won a Super Bowl. And the second is he got snubbed by the Academy Awards after his p- performance in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I mean, what was that all about? Come on. The guy was I actually, I actually have a great story about, uh, about Ace Ventura, Pet do, Detective. Do tell. So by chance, I ended up living in the same neighborhood as Dan Marino for a couple of like for 15 years, not at all to say that my house was anywhere comparable, anything comparable to Mm -hmm. Dan Marino's house. But I got to know him and, and he, I once asked him about his experience with Ace Ventura. Really? Okay. Uh, And he shared the story on how Jim Carrey pitched him on being in the movie. And it's one of the all time funniest things I've heard. He asked Dan to meet him while Dan was out on the West Coast in Los Angeles at a restaurant, an outdoor restaurant. And Dan sat down at the table with his agent and they were supposed to meet at, I don't know, noon. And it's mm-hmm. now 12.15 or 12.20 and there's no sign of Jim Carrey. This mm-hmm. is back, Jim Carrey was you know, doing in living color, but not the movie star that we all know. Right. The Ace Ventura was his his breakout really. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so they're sitting at the table, just kind of talking to, you know, amongst themselves and they hear chaos inside the restaurant Mm -hmm. and they both turn and it's Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura character (laughs) walking through the restaurant, knocking waiters trays over (laughs) just complete <laughs> destruction as he walks through the restaurant in that walk that we all know the Ace Ventura walk to be now walks up to the table, introduces himself. Hi, this, you know, nice to meet you Ace Ventura and sits down on the table and slams his face into the table. Like he does <laughs> in the movie in the psych ward and Dan just loses it hysterically laughing and says, I don't know what this whole thing is about. Whatever it is, I'm in. And that's how Dan decided to be in the movie. That's unbelievable. And although Carrie is lucky that Marino didn't just get up and turn tail because like you say, he wasn't that well known, but yeah, I mean, Carrie, just the ultimate physic, physical comedian. And I can picture that. I would would love to have been a fly on the wall for that one. That's great. So we're going to play a round of the trivia game known as Wicked Smart, where I'm going to quiz Adam and Sam, respectively, on Boston and Miami lingo, slang. And Sam, you get the Miami questions, and Adam, you get the Boston questions, just to throw a twist into it. So stay, <clears throat> stay tuned for that. But before we get there, let me take just one minute to tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. 
Would you like your own podcast, kids? Now's an opportune time to do it. You're still at home. You're still in the pandemic. And guess what? We've been producing shows remotely for years before this quarantine thing ever started. We will ship you out a USB microphone and work with you to create your show from start to finish. Intro music, outro music, all the bells and whistles therein. We'll host it for you. We'll post it for you. We'll get you up on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is show up in front of your computer and talk. Or if you're a little bit brave, you can join us in our Westwood Mass studios. It is sanitized for for your protection and quarantine friendly, <clears throat> pardon me, COVID friendly, the irony of me clearing my throat as I mentioned the name of the coronavirus. I'm okay, people, I swear. Go to pod617.com to get started. If you like your own podcast, it's a great way to connect with your audience, your customers, your clients, anyone you want to reach out. It's easy, it's fun. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. Okay, now let's open the game known as Wicked Smart. My boy's wicked smart. Smart! Sam already has the advantage because the name of the game is Wicked Smart. But let's start with you, Adam. And we're gonna, so we're going to give you a, a Boston term, and you have to describe. Tell me what it means as best you can. When a Bostonian uses the word "wicked," what do they mean? I think they mean awesome, right? I. Yes, we'll accept that. Wicked, of course. Can you use it in a sentence, Adam? Sam, step in and save him here. Use wicked in a sentence. I think wicked is more of an advance on the adjective. It's wicked awesome. It's yeah. wicked pissa. It's, you know, it's what's, it's almost like very. Yes. That's the way I would describe it, right? Yes. Used in a sentence. Here's an example. There's no chance I'm leaving my apartment today. It's wicked cold outside. So it is more of a modifier of an adjective, whatever that is grammatically. But every once in a while, you will hear somebody say, yeah, did you go to that concert last night? I mean, it was wicked. So for that reason, uh, I'm going to give Adam a point. So well done. Let's see. Sam, we now go to Miami trivia. And you'll pardon my French, but this is a, uh, a Miami phrase. What does it mean when someone says they are eating or something? is eating shit <laughs> because it actually means this is fascinating to me it, and it actually if it helps you the spanish phrase is comiendo mierda right yeah. see adam knows so what does that mean sam i, I, I thought that was more of a international phrase I, I don't know so i didn't know it was unique to miami it so what is it what how would you use that phrase if you said well he really ate shit on that occasion what would that mean? Wiped out, fell, something right, like that. Right, right. Unfortunately, <laughs> right. in Miami parlance, it's that's incorrect. What does it mean, Adam? It, it's like a bullshitter. Some yeah, to a guy that that is just talking nonsense. Right time. Yeah, it's either that or it means just messing around, like doing nothing. I was supposed wow. to, I was supposed to write my paper, but instead I was eating shit and watching Netflix. Which is weird. You really would have to be from yeah. Miami to know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Adam, what does it mean when we refer to someone as a townie? A townie. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to take my best guess, yep. but so, someone that, I don't know, like, like the, the, the New England version of like a uh, hillbilly or something. Well, that's Sam. Do we give him credit for that one? That's, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, a local. We'll give you a ha half a point. Yeah. True local. A local, either local to the indigenous area. When Sam and I attended camp, summer camp in New Hampshire, the townies were the people who actually lived in the camp. We were just renting space. 
And uh, you remember, Sam, the, the townies were feared, you know? Yes. Like who, They're all scared of the townies. Yeah, exactly. Like, who's that lurking behind the tree? It might be a townie. Everybody run. We also would have accepted a native to the neighborhoods of Boston areas like Charlestown and Dorchester. There's actually a semi, semi-pro football team called the Charlestown Townies. Okay. Let's see. Sam, what is a pachanga? A pachanga. I haven't lived in Miami long enough, apparently. All right. Adam, are you, are you I, saying you don't even know that I've one? Lived here for, I've passing. lived here for 42 years, and I don't know what that is. All right. Well, it is a celebration or party that involves dancing, drinking, and bad decisions. There's going to be another pachanga <laughs> on the streets if the Heat win another championship. So there you go. There's, there's that one. All right. Let's see. Adam, where is someone going if they say, before we go, we're going to stop by Dunks? Oh, I, that one I know. Dunkin' Donuts. That's baby. right. Also, well, also would have accepted. Yeah, I don't know what. Also, donkeys. Uh, I I would add donkeys to the list. And the fact that they changed the name to Duncan, nobody cares. All right, let's see here, Sam. This is probably a hard one, but I don't know. What does it say when a Miamian refers to something as a mission? Yeah, as as in, it's such a mission to. It's a, it's a hard, difficult task. Yes, that's mission, exa- that's right. Yes. The mission to drive down US 1 at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, Sam, spot on. Check out the brain on Sam. In, in fact, the yeah. example I was going to read was, it's such a mission to find parking in Miami Beach. So it's a chore. It's something difficult. Let's see. Adam, what is a bubbler? Or actually, if you weren't using the Boston accents, it would be bubbler. Is it, like a, is it a water fountain? That's oh. right. Very good. Yes. Yeah. I didn't think you'd get that one. That was a good one. Yeah. If you're wicked thirsty, just go grab a drink from the bubbler. Let's see. See, a lot of the Miami ones are, are have Spanish language uh, origin, so I, I don't know if it's it's fair. I wonder if you know this one, Adam. Dale. It means, like, come here. Yeah. Let's go. Right. It's let's go. Did you actually know that one, Sam? Maybe. I did. All that's, right. You know, All right. Pitbull's, Pitbull's famous phrase. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> As in, hey, Steph, uh, do you want to go to the movies? Dale. Okay. We'll do just one more each. Let's see. Adam, what is a grinder? Or pronounced correctly, a grinder. I need to go get a grinder. I mean, I'm going to take a complete shot in the dark yep. here, but uh, it's... It, a sandwich of some sort. Yes! Wow! wow. Excellent. Pretty good. Yeah. Sub. That's right. Sub sandwich. In Philly, they call them hoagies. In Boston, yo, I'm going to pick up a couple of grinders for lunch. What do you guys want? I'm going to go get the snacks. And Surprised you didn't put Packy in there. Might have been next on the list. I don't know. <laughs> and one more for you, Sam. Let's see. We got a mission. We did that. What What is a key rat? Someone is a key, key rat. rat. Yeah. The clue no lot. Do you know what that means, Adam? I mean, I'm guessing it's someone that hangs out or lives down in the Florida Keys. Is Key Biscayne in the Keys? I guess it is, right? So, it's part of Miami. All right. Key Biscayne's really Miami. All right. But yes. Yes. Yeah, someone that, that lives or hangs out on Key Biscayne, that's a key rat. Yeah, that's a key rat. All, All right. right. All right. Yeah. Now we both learned something. See, the Boston one's unfortunately just more fun. And Sam, I'll, I'll go to you to just for a speed round to make sure you're Boston. What does it mean when someone says, what time is supper? 
Matan's dinner. That's right. What? See if you know this one, Adam. What does it mean if you say, oh, I, I got to bang a Yui up here? I assume that's a U-turn. That's right. Very good. And Adam, what is the pike? I actually know this only because my family is there, but the, the turnpike. That's, that's right. Well done. Yeah. I know what the dig is, too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And what, that construction project that was horribly over budget, massively corrupt, and resulted only in a few deaths? Yes, we've, we've done that. Yeah. Bang a Yui, Sapa. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, if you wanted to get from Worcester to, to Norwood to visit your, your mom, Adam, you, you got to take the pike. And, oh, my God, the pike is going to be wicked backed up. Anyway, so we are up against the clock here. We've spent the way, way too much time, but we were having fun. And, guys, I hope you had fun on the program. Had a great yeah. time. Thank All right. You, so, Dave, yes, Sam. I think, we, I think we can get a couple stories out of Adam before we jump off. Yeah, absolutely. So much so that I'm going to kill the outro music for that. That's worth it. Yeah. Do you have one in mind, Sam, that you're going to uh, queue up for him? I mean, or? He's told a bunch of them, but... You know, what I've learned about his dad is that it wasn't just the criminal issues, but didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he represent some University of Miami and he argued in front of the Supreme Court? And I mean, he, he did a lot. Yeah, my dad was, uh, his last his last two cases before that that he worked on prior to, to passing away were the big Adidas NCAA basketball scandal mm-hmm. is part of that whole thing. And a capital murder case down here that will, I think, all eventually end up in in the Supreme Court. It's gone through a couple uh, rounds of appeals and continues to kind of move up the court. But yeah, I mean, yeah, my dad did argue in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. Had that That's a honor. great story. And uh, Well, it tell it, yeah, give us the two to three minute version of that story. So the, sh- the short version of the story is that my dad's partner actually was the attorney on this case that he was the attorney at the, in its initial trial phase. Right. The trial, and, trial uh, level, yeah. Right. And my dad's firm, including my dad, took on the appeal and, and it did make its way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, which is a rarity, right? That almost never happens and most criminal defense attorneys never have the opportunity to go up there. Some of the stories that surround it were more about the antics and the preparation for the U.S. Supreme Court than the actual case. The case itself wasn't that exciting. The issue at hand wasn't that intriguing, Mm -hmm. but it's such an honor that my dad, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, a lot on the podcast, was quite a prankster and jokester. He never, as serious as the issues were that he worked on, he never missed the opportunity to, to... break the tension with a practical joke okay he convinced his partner the one who tried the case originally who was not planning at even sitting at counsel's table he was going to sit in the audience when they landed in washington dc he convinced him that that he was going to be asked questions (laughs) completely and totally freaked as a matter of fact he the case had you know he tried the case six seven years you know before so he he didn't even remember a lot of the facts of the case he was not part of the appeal process mm-hmm. anyway long story he he my dad's partner his name was Fred Robbins went out and purchased the night before the case in Washington D.C. the ugliest lime green suit <laughs> that you could 
that you could imagine. It didn't even fit him. Yeah. But he showed up the next morning at breakfast prior to them all going to the U.S. Supreme Court together in this ridiculously this ridiculous suit. And my dad just couldn't believe it. Like, Fred, what are you doing? Right. What are you wearing? We are going to the U.S. Supreme Court. And Fred's response was, I went and bought this because there is no way that the United <laughs> States Supreme Court justice would ever ask a question of someone wearing this. And it's funny, but it is actually true. And Fred actually did believe that. And he didn't get asked the question because it was never, <laughs> it was, he was never going to be asked the question to begin with. So. Wow, talking about turning the tables on him. That brings it yeah. first full circle because it reminds me of something Jim Carrey would wear. Um, right, dif- right. Different color, but similar look in, in right. Dumb and Dumber. Did, did your, was your dad on a first name basis with Luther Campbell of the Two Live Crew? That's what I need to know. <laughs> My dad actually did represent, believe it or not, he, he did. did represent Luther Campbell at one point, yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember him being, first of all, he was an unlikely First Amendment hero. Their music wasn't very good, but it was so foul-mouthed that they kept getting censored, and he be, he became a symbol of that. Yeah, and and then and allowed young men like Sam Troy to listen to their tapes in in the bunk in the bunk because uh, the kids the kids just love that stuff. But yeah, and Luther Campbell was curiously supportive of the Miami Hurricanes, not meaning not that he he just rooted for them. We think he probably did other things too, to help the program along. Anyway, anyway, I think that's well documented now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's awesome. And that's just a taste of what you will get on uh, the podcast. And we're not sure when, but look for it on pod617.com and Google it. Tentative name, the Alan Ross project, but that's for Sam and Adam to determine as we continue this creative process. Thank you, guys. Happy Hanukkah once again. What temperature is it in in Miami today? Frigid. Oh, well, good. So we don't feel frigid. Seventy degrees. (laughs) I'm wearing a long. I'm I'm wearing a sweater, basically. (laughs) Well, that's good. Don't be a big shot. Put on a sweater. You don't want to get a chill. Uh, Anyway, thank you, Adam Ross, Sam Troy, for being awesome sports and everything you do. Thank you to the listeners of the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. On behalf of Adam and Sam, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Go Fens. Go Canes. (laughs) 